Welcome to the Equity Team Podcast, where we provide Sedona, Arizona real estate insight to help you thrive during your next real estate transaction. Today, we have Anthony Selna, who is the managing broker at both the Sedona and the Cottonwood Yavapai Title Agency offices. Anthony, thanks for, for joining. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's awesome. And Anthony, and and also, of course, Yavapai Title, uh, we've worked together for many years, um, closed a lot of transactions through Yavapai Title, um, you know, under the the, the guidance and the, the tutelage of, of Anthony. And, uh, and you've always done an amazing job, which is why we just keep working with you over and over and over again. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's always a pleasure to work with you. Um, so, Anthony, there are a lot of things that, you know, I, I always trust your opinion and your perspective on things because you're like me, you're, you're deep in the trenches on what's going on, uh, constantly learning new things and, and constantly just busy. I mean, just productively busy. So, you know, it's, it's the people that are always really, really busy being productive that tend to be learning the most. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, as far as when there are changes in different HOAs or whatever is going on, then uh, you're usually my first call on that kind of thing. For better or for worse. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, you know, I've been hearing more and more about land scams that are kind of surfacing. Um, and not to spend too much time on that, but do you mind kind of explaining what's going on with these land scams and, and what does it mean to buyers and what does it mean to sellers? Yeah, unfortunately, you know, uh, fraud is on the rise, both vacant uh, land, pet deals, uh, wire fraud, you know, fraud is just kind of one of those things that they're getting more and more clever and they're trying different angles and, and you know, we do everything we can to, to, to mitigate that and stop that before it even turns into a thing. But um to hit on the vacant land part, what they're kind of doing is they're focusing on vacant land uh, parcels and kind of pretending to be the seller and getting some information um, and then kind of open escrow and uh, trying to kind of push a fast close, kind of keeping everybody, uh, you know, seeing if they can get people off their game and, and uh, then they end up closing. And then we, you know, we title and share the property, cut out the, the, the proceeds and then you know then people are out tons of money and so it's it's kind of a crazy thing um things to look out for i mean obviously like you can always come to us for uh background on different properties mm -hmm. uh, we're kind of on the forefront of of all of this nonsense and so we invest a lot of time and energy and money into that need to figure out what's what's cooking uh but on the the vacant light side of things um it's it is it's pretty credible, you know, and so it's something that does need to be talked about. Um, they're kind of, like I said, just focusing on on those types of transactions and trying to push things through and hoping to to sell that property fraudulently, and then they get they get the money and the title company's out, the buyer's out because then they don't have the property, and then the real seller is sitting there scratching their head, saying, "What the heck's going on? I was never even a part of this transaction to begin with." Yeah, and it's it's a it's a big thing, and a lot of these. These these scams that are happening, it's anonymous funds. I mean, the, the money is going somewhere and it can't be traced. And so once that money is gone, it's it's gone. It doesn't matter if you're law enforcement or you're an attorney or you know Uncle Lenny with a baseball bat or or whatever. I mean, you can't find them. You can't find the money. 
Right. It's just, yeah, I mean, there's right. nothing tied to reality once that money is gone. So it's a real scary thing. Exactly. When the money's gone, you know, that, those things are gone. So uh, we do everything we can to, to kind of stay in the forefront of those things. Um, you know, we, we look for a telltale sign, you know, we're, we're on the up and up as far as the latest and greatest. We look for, I mean, in particular, you, you mentioned, well, the wire's gone, you know, the money's gone. Uh, where's the money going? You know, like, we, so we're, we're taking a look and, and seeing where, where the supposed seller wants those funds to go. And, and they need to go to the owner of record. And so if they're, if they're uh, saying, Hey, you know, we're entering into this and supposedly, you know, the tax bill is, is sent to a Florida address, but now they want proceeds sent to Vietnam. Well, I'd say that's kind of the red flag. Yeah. So we're kind of looking into those types of things. And those are some of the things that we see. We see um, addresses not mixing, you know, appropriately you see uh, funds want to be wired in different areas. And so we just kind of have to be mindful of those things. That's one thing that from the title side, we're looking at. Anthony, let's talk about something that's very similar, but it's, it's actually even more of a scary monster. And it's something that the good news on this is it's, it's easier to protect ourselves. Let's talk about wire fraud a little bit. So wire fraud is, it truly is. I mean, it's this scary monster and, it's a problem that's not going to go away. It's a problem that's going to, I think it's going to continue to get worse. And we're going to be hearing about bigger and bigger dollar signs uh, that are disappearing and gone forever with wire fraud. So, um, you know, for our our viewers, the short version on wire fraud is it's basically um, these scammers are and feel free to uh, argue with me, tell me I'm wrong or, or Chad, you're silly or whatever it is. But, you know, because as always, I, I I just appreciate that when people are straight with me. But wire fraud is um, when we have these these scammers that basically they are they're watching the emails go back and forth. So they hijack an email and they're watching back and forth. And then when it feels like the right time, they're emailing either the buyers, the sellers, or both. And they're saying, it's so urgent. It looks like it's coming straight from the title company or straight from the agent that they're working with. And so it's actually going to say like from Chad McMahon, you got to get this money over to, you got to wire this over to this account. Here's the account number, the routing number, send this dollar amount. You got to send this right away. It's super urgent. Or it'll say coming from Anthony Selma with Yopi Title Agency or whatever it is. And it looks 100% legitimate, even for people that are savvy enough to click on the right places to see where it's coming from. It's coming from the right uh, email address. They wire the money and it's gone. And um, it's a super scary thing. And this is something, do you have a clue? Are you up on in terms of how much? Money is being lost with wire fraud. I mean, it's a huge number. An actual figure, but it is it is substantial, and it's in the the unfortunate side of it is the, on the wire fraud end. It's it is avoidable. It's just they are, they are getting more and more clever. Um, to that point, um, what they're you're correcting and saying they kind of they're kind of hijacking emails and looking into it. And what they're doing is they they don't focus on us because they know that we have all the high end encryption. They know that we're on the lookout for it. We're in the industry. We're, we're professionals in what we do, and so we're we're on the up and up with all the latest and greatest as far as those their their procedures go for intercepting and doing all that stuff. But what we see them doing is ultimately, uh, you know, they'll make a, you know, they'll they'll make a random don't email account that says anti.selma at yavapai at hotmail.com, for example. And so there's those little those little yeah. to make it they try to make it look as legitimate as possible, but there are little indicators there 
because all of our email domains obviously are going to be at yeah.title.com. And so that's one game that they play. They'll make a fake uh, email account. Um, they do do the timing thing where they, they're they intercepting those emails and kind of looking on because the, the people that we're working with are using Yahoo and Hotmail and Gmail, all these things that their encryption isn't as, as high end as, as ours. And so they break in on that side monitor things and then like you're saying when they think it's go time they're going to hit them hard and try to pretend that there's somebody that they're not and and change those wiring instructions and do everything so what we need to do is make sure that we're in constant communication with everybody and you know making sure that if you're getting weird emails or you feel like you're getting undue pressure or all of this stuff you need to be reaching out to your agents and reaching out to, to the title company to get my title and saying hey like what's going on you said i could bringing a cashier's check and now all of a sudden you're saying it has to be wire instructions and they're now changed and it has to happen now and so you kind of just need to use a little bit of of i mean common sense and just um kind of coming back down to earth because the the buying process and selling process can be a heightened emotional situation things can be going things are coming and going really quickly so we just need to make sure that we take time to smell the roses so to speak let's not rush things and make sure we do everything appropriately yeah. If there's, if there's just like one simple thing that anyone and everyone could do to hundred percent protect them from wire fraud, what is the, what's the one simple thing? Oh, man. Communication. Easy. That's the easiest question in the world. Communication. You call me, call me think, you know, if you're getting wire instructions, just anytime you get wire instructions, you're calling that source. So mm-hmm. if we're dealing with, with proceeds, let's say we're wiring, you know, a million dollars to the seller. Well, you can be sure that we're going to be calling and verbally verifying those instructions on the phone because we're going to guarantee those funds get there. Yeah. We're going to be wiring out all really knowing nobody else should do it. So the thing yeah. you can do is communicate, call, yeah. verbally verify, and make sure you're up to date with all the stuff that's going on with instructions themselves. And then just having that, that open line of communication is going to stamp it out. Yeah. Yeah, always verbally confirm with with the source. That's exactly right. And I mean, this may sound silly, but it's important, I think, to at least just voice this, that if in, in the email, you know, it, it has says urgent, send this stuff, or, you know, if in that same email, it has a contact number, you don't call that contact number. I mean, you, you call the real contact number, you know, independently. Right. And if you can't find the contact info, you know, either check with your agents uh, or, you know, you can always look online and you could, you know, find, you know, Anthony Selman's you have a pie title and find the phone number and you can call and that's a safe way to do it also. Right. right. Um, but yeah, this wire fraud thing, it's, it's becoming it's, more and more common. It is, it is, it's absolutely crazy. And they are yeah. they're getting clever and they're working in every, every angle they can to take your money. They don't yeah. they care about you. They want your money. Yeah, that's right. So, so. The next thing I'd love to chat about is seller concessions. And, um, you know, it's a misunderstood thing, I think, by a lot of people. And even a lot of real estate agents, um, you know, kind of have this have these misconceptions about seller concessions. Um, I'm a huge fan. I think that seller concessions are they're a really valuable tool that can benefit both parties. And it's a great way to kind of put things into the box that you need it to be so that it works. So just for our viewers that they understand, um, there's a part of the purchase contract that addresses seller concessions. And ADRE, Arizona Department of Real Estate, they make it really easy and they just say, um, you know, what seller concessions does the buyer want, either percentage of the purchase price or a flat dollar amount. Um, 
the one thing that's really important to know is that uh, two things. One is um, there are a lot of sellers and there are a lot of listing agents that are not as savvy and they're not as creative thinkers. You know, they, they're used to the old school way of doing things, which had pretty much no seller concessions. So if you get dealt a bad hand and they're not comfortable with seller concessions, then you probably won't be able to utilize them. Um, but it is becoming more and more common. The other thing is that um, most lenders have a maximum seller concessions. So anytime you're talking with your agent about seller concessions, uh, of course, we do it automatically because we just work with us all the time. But make sure that your agent checks with the lender or you check with your lender and see what their cap is so that you're not getting into a contract that's above and beyond what they allow because that's a problem. Yeah, really so, yeah, and I mean it is. It's something that can be. Um, we're seeing more and more of seller concessions on the rise, given the interest rate environment that we're in. That's right. And we're seeing some some a lot more negotiation in that angle as far as um, the seller giving a little bit of money to make sure the deal goes through, um, given the circumstances that we're in. So um, they're definitely being utilized, and and more so now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, getting you know seller concessions are are pretty largely responsible for still even now being able to get interest rates down into the fives or even sometimes into the fours. And that's by, you know, maybe you get 3% or even five or 8%. The most I've done is 8% seller concessions. And um, it really bought down that interest rate and it got an interest rate from, uh, gosh, it was in the sixes down into the upper fours, I think. Wow. And um, sessions thing for buyers. And um, usually, just FYI for our viewers, um, usually the lender requirement is right around their cap is usually about two or three percent seller concessions. Um, but there are some that obviously if I was doing 8%, that's a, that's a different lender and they had a higher cap. So, um, cool. Now, um, you know, I've been seeing, especially with a lot of the DSCR lenders, but also some out-of-state lenders and some other causes too, I've been seeing a lot of close of escrow delays. Um, and a lot of this is, it's avoidable unless the lender is playing games and kind of making a monster out of things that shouldn't be there. But what are you seeing? I mean, you're you're in the deep of it. So what are you seeing on uh, close of escrow delays? How can we kind of avoid them? Um, I mean, from the lending standpoint, the, the best thing that we can do is, I mean, to, to that end, yes, what we're seeing with the, on the delay aspect is going to be out-of-state lenders, um, people maybe not familiar with the Arizona lending process as much as you might have with the local lender. Um, but we're seeing that uh, maybe some unorthodox practices, um, maybe something that's standard or even unorthodox for where they're at, but it's definitely unorthodox in Arizona. Um, there's a, the best thing that you can do is maybe have those communications with, with lending up front. Um, I've found that maybe having two-way calls with the, the lending and the agents and, and escrow kind of can help uh, help things out as far as uh, kind of smoothing out that process. Um, we have experienced some very interesting uh methodology in some of the uh, lesser active lenders or out-of-state lenders um, that do cause uh, close escrow delays uh, by a day or heaven forbid, I mean, we've seen them over a week to where they're just not, they're, the communication's not really there. Uh, they're general, 
business practice and the lending side is, is very different. And it's just, they're accustomed to something different than, than how we do business in Arizona. And thereby, uh, you know, they think sometimes uh, through ignorance or sometimes through no fault of their own, they're finding themselves delaying escrow. So on the lending side, that open line of communication, making sure that they understand, you know, where everything sits, because that's from the escrow side of stuff. That's what we're doing. Hey, lender, here's our, our fund date, you know, the close dates, you know, you know, whatever date it is, like this is what we're going towards and understanding that we have to have those originals. Everybody has to have, you know, have it signed or we need the fund mm-hmm. in our account, all of the general Arizona practices that maybe they're not accustomed to. And so um, just making sure that everybody's on the straight and narrow there. Good, good. Now, um, what are some, I know that there, there are a lot of ways that you can kind of mess things up and you can have extra unnecessary costs for buyers and sellers. What are some things that you see from the inside and behind the curtain? What are some things that buyers and sellers can, what can they do to eliminate these unnecessary expenses? Um, again, it's kind of, everything really boils down to two, two things in my opinion. One, it's educate. So knowing what you're doing, knowing what you're getting yourself into and having proper representation. And two is communication. And so uh, what we find is that, you know, maybe uh, people haven't, uh, they haven't looked into the property itself and they don't know what, what costs are associated with it. And so mm-hmm. uh, overall, not having the understanding of, of the property that you're, you're entered into the contract, I think that's where we find those unexpected expenditures. And so okay. you're going to be talking um, HOA stuff. You're going to be talking, I mean, for example, uh, of, of a vacant land parcel that's close enough proximity to a, a municipality. Well, you would think the buyer, the buyer might not understand that you know there's going to be a monthly sewer charge to that vacant lot. They may think that it's just a vacant lot and there's going to be no cost until they go to build in the future. It's not necessarily the case, and so not knowing that ahead of time, well, then you know you're going to have your monthly sewer statement to that parcel that you weren't expecting. Now, is that going to break the bank? No, but it is an unexpected expenditure. So. Um, that's an ongoing expense that's not going to go away, you know, and so that just comes inherent with a lot, for example. But um, those types of things, and then just kind of not maybe doing that uh, property due diligence ahead of time, you know. I mean, there may be some liens on the property that that agents can do a listing kit on, and that you know we can supply, and they can look at and see, okay, well, if your seller is saying there's no liens, um, but there's a deed of trust out there, well, not only does that potentially cost more to the seller, but you're talking about, you know. So that's for delay. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they everything kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. So a lot of our, as you know, a lot of our clients are investors and, you know, a lot of our, our viewers um, on the podcast and YouTube channels are, are investors. Um, and I know that you work with investors, you know, tons of them every day. What are some things that you guys do? I mean, we love working with you and we know that you, you really take care of our clients. Um, but what are some things specifically that you guys do for investors? Yeah, so um, as we do work constantly on the, on the investor side of stuff. Um, we want to make sure that we tailor our business to every type of business that we can do and doing it in a, in a manner that's, um, I mean, we, we see, you know, we see the agents, the investors, everybody when we're grocery shopping at the store. And we want to make sure that uh, we put it forward always. Yeah. Some of the things that we, we do offer for uh, investors would be, uh, listing kits, so you can get order a listing kit. It's going to have some information in general about the properties. You already know ahead of time. You know that's and that's free of charge. That's going to tell you if there's a a deed of trust on the property. It kind of gives you an idea of what's happening. Um, we can provide you CCNRs, so if 
if you're looking to uh, do some sort of uh, short-term rental, for example, is one that is easy to, to bring up. You know, those two scenarios can outline whether that's even allowable in the subdivision the property is in. So uh, providing those CCNRs. Um, we have uh, wonderful investor rates to reduce the cost of uh, the investors out of pocket for the purchase. Mm -hmm. um, and then moreover, one of the, the coolest things that we're a title agency, that means that we can we, we work with a multitude of, of underwriters. And so uh, First American, TRG, Old Republic for a couple, and we have multiple of, of, you know, other ones as well, but we can kind of tailor to uh, the, the transaction for for a different types of reasons, whether it's for ease of transaction, whether it's lower cost, we can kind of shop around and, and we have the opportunity to work with multiple underwriters versus um, someone that is only stuck to one specific underwriter. And so we have we have that ability to kind of make it um, as smooth as a process, as um, inexpensive as possible, um, things like that, that really, really uh, have a home convenience. <laughs> yeah. You know, one really quick thing that I want to end with is, um, especially right now, you know, with interest rates being higher right now, they're starting to come down, but um, they're higher than what we've been used to for years and you're taken for granted for years and years and years. So we're seeing a few more seller carries, you know, where the seller becomes the bank and they they carry the financing for five years, 10 years, even 30 years. Um and one thing a lot of people don't know is that you guys can actually be hired pretty cheaply. And usually it's at the cost of the buyer pretty cheaply to process those payments, the collections. And that way the seller is not in the collections business. You guys are, you guys collect that funds, you know, onto, uh, onto the seller. Right, so it's it is a it is a very handy tool to use, especially on the, in, in the investor side of stuff, or in, in the instance where you're just looking to owner carry. Maybe you have a buyer in mind that that for whatever reason interest rates are higher, or they don't qualify, or um, they're just saying you know you know down with the institutional lender, don't want to deal with it. Like let's do a an owner carry. Well, we have the loan servicing department to do that, and so it's a a nice little thing where you know. We do that. We can we do the transaction, and then we set up their account servicing. They agree upon the terms like they would just regulate as far as the loan goes. Mm -hmm. The buyer we close. The buyer gives us the money, and then we then process that and kick the money out to the seller. And so then the seller is not you know necessarily chasing down those those uh, payments. It just mm -hmm. kind of happens naturally, and so it's yeah. a really cool and very inexpensive uh, service that we can provide. Yeah, I want to say it's, I don't know, it's like 20 or 30 bucks a month or something, or maybe it's even less than that. Even less than that. It depends, yeah. of course, the, the type of servicing we're doing, whether it's just a standard note or if there's going to be impounds for tax and insurance, which increases it slightly, but still very, very expensive. Good. Okay, very good. Well, thank you. Thanks again, Anthony. Um, always appreciate you. And it's awesome to have you on here. Um, okay. And we'll definitely pick your brain again, you know, in future episodes, love to have you back. So Anthony Selna, you have a Pi title agency. Um, thank you very much. And thank you everyone else. And have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to the Equity Team Podcast. To speak with one of our top agents, visit us at ownaz.com. That's O-W-N inaz.com or call us at 928-323-0031.